2: remember that that's what we learn in Luke 2 10 and 11 today in the town of David a savior has been born to you he is the messiah the lord he's the savior the one who deals with your sin he's the messiah the one chosen by God he's the lord the boss Jesus, because you've come, you've taken away the reasons for fear. So Lord, I just pray as we talk through this, for these next few minutes, that you provide some miracles of joy. Let my words be your words, my thoughts be your thoughts, and and Lord, as a result of what we're going to say, would you allow somebody to experience the joy of knowing you today? And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Alright, if in fact it's possible for us to lose joy, we need to know what causes that, right? If you're, if you're driving down the road and, and you notice your, air, your tire keeps losing air, you want to find out what's causing that. If we keep losing joy, we want to find out what causes that. So let's do that. Let's spend a few minutes talking about why we lose joy. I'm going to give you four things and then four examples of God's good news. Number one. We lose joy because we're unsettled by life's problems. It's simple. It's the circumstances around us, the happenstance of life. I I told you we're happy if things good happen to us. Raise your hand if anything good's ever happened to you. Let me see your hands all across the room. You should be raising your hands. Everybody needs to stretch. So that's at least, a few of you said, nothing good has ever happened to me. Let me just tell you some good news today. The Bible says God is good and he does good. So, whoo Now, let's try that again. Uh, if you've ever had anything good happen to you, let me see your hands. That should be all of us. A couple of you still really stubborn or either you're not understanding my English. All right. So, um, if you've ever had anything bad happen to you, let me see your hands. Yeah, see, that's all of us too. The, the truth is, good things happen, bad things happen, and when those bad things happen, man, if we're not careful, it's like a gut punch. I mean, we lose it. We don't. We don't know how to go forward. So, what do we do? Did you know in the Bible we meet the brother of Jesus, at least the half brother, James? James was a half brother of Jesus. He, he wrote a book in the Bible that we read, the Book of James. History records that he was not a follower of Jesus during Jesus' earthly life. In fact, could you have imagined growing up in the same house with Jesus? I mean, I wonder how many times Mary or Joseph said, Why can't you be more like your brother? I mean, good grief. But james the half-brother of jesus after the death and the resurrection of jesus He began to follow after him. He became a pastor He pastored the church at jerusalem And so he writes this letter that we call the book of james in the bible And he begins it by talking about joy and listen to what he says consider it pure joy say pure joy Oh, that's what I want. I want pure joy Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Now, do you see how this begins? Consider it pure joy. When you face trials. Don't you wish that was different? Don't you wish it said, if by chance you happen to have a bad day? But it doesn't say that. It says, when. And that just tells me, I am going to have trials in life. And literally, it's a word that means testing time. And we don't like. Testing times. Because when I'm in a testing time, you know what that means? I might fail. I might not make it through this. I may not come out the other side. And yet this verse tells me those are going to be a part of life. There'll be people I love that pass away. There'll be doctor's visits that give me news I don't want to hear. There'll be relationships that end differently than I had hoped. There'll be jobs that don't work out. And on and on and on. So what do I do when the problems of life push in on me and they begin to rob me of joy? Because that happens. Well, I look for the good news. And what's the good news? When problems start to rob our joy, we must lean into God's sovereignty. You know what this passage teaches me? It's that reminder that I've given you time and time again. God's never caught off guard by the circumstances of our life. That's why I tell you, has it ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurs to God? He never says, Wow, I didn't see that coming. Oh, I wish that wouldn't have happened. No, God knows what's coming down the pipe so we can lean into his sovereignty. In fact, James gives us three things to help us when we feel like life's circumstances are overwhelming us. First of all, he says, rejoice. Say rejoice. Rejoice. Now that was a hard one. What do you mean? I think he's telling us to look within and and ask God to give us joy in spite of the circumstances. So how do we do that? He tells us that too. It's request. Say request. Request. It's James 1, 5. This is a good verse to memorize. If any of you lack wisdom, ask God and he'll give it to you generously. So I'm going through a problem. I'm going through a trial. I'm going through one of life's testing times. I don't think I can make it through. And so what do I do? Oh, God, I can't do this without you. I can't do it without your help. I need your assistance. And then after we've prayed, what do we do? We relax. We've got to trust him. In these verses, he goes on to tell us that you you can't be double-minded. Don't ask God to do something and then doubt and wonder whether or not he's going to do it. I wish you could have been with me and Pastor Zach yesterday after our morning prayer time. We went on a prayer walk around our campuses. And I'm just telling you, we ask God for some big things. Why? That's what you're supposed to do. And then then we said, okay, how are we going to make this happen, right? Nope. Because our job was to request. It's his job to answer the request. After we request, it's our job to relax. Now I know what some of you are thinking. Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, I probably don't. But I could just tell you. I've had an unusually difficult week. I know those sometimes come. I've had moments even this week where I felt like giving up. And it's in those moments that I have to rely on verses like Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We lose joy when we're unsettled by problems. But I've also noticed we lose joy... Because we're uncomfortable with people, right? You follow me? There are people in our lives that cause us to leak joy. Um, Have you ever come in contact with somebody like that? I mean, the person that just takes the zippity doo dah out of your day. I mean, everything's perfectly fine. I mean, you're just pushing your buggy through Publix and you think everything's wonderful and you turn the aisle and all of a sudden, "Ah!" that may or may not be a true story. But they're joy thieves, right? People that just zap us. It's like they're just taking away our joy, whether it's because of how they act, what they say, the looks they give you. What do you do? Well, we look for the good news. What's what's the good news? When people begin to steal our joy, that's when we must lean into God's grace. Aren't you thankful for God's grace? Church, aren't you thankful for God's grace? Listen to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. See to it, That no one falls short of the grace of God. And that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Here's what happens if we're not careful. And this always causes joy to leak from our life. Someone hurts us. And we become bitter. And that never works out. in church we've we've got to hang out here because I'm probably talking to a lot of you today you, you've let that seed of bitterness just sit within you. You get angry, you get mad, your blood pressure goes up if you're not careful, your back begins to hurt because you're carrying a burden. That's why I often remind you, and no one really knows where this quote originated, but bitterness is that poison that we drink while we wait for another person to die. Do you know what that means? That means you're sitting in your house, and you're a lazy boy, and you're just thinking, oh, well, it's very bitter. Be hope God doesn't strike them. And you're just bitter, and you're resenting them. And you know where they are? They're at Krispy Kreme ordering a second dozen of donuts. They're in a drive through at Starbucks saying, I, I want a triple venti, non-fat, caramel macchiato with whip. I mean, they're not thinking about you. Resentment is our most useless emotion. You can be angry and there be righteous anger. There is no righteous resentment. It's not helpful. That's why Ephesians 4 and verse 32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ our God forgave you. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says the Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to the Barnabas Effect today. And now, we continue with our message. Oh, Fred, let me remind you today. A Christ follower never has the liberty to be unkind. Lean into God's grace. You say, well, they don't deserve forgiveness. And you know what? Sometimes, you're right. But neither do you. And neither do I. You see, you get to decide. You can be blessed or you can be bitter, but you can't be both. What's it going to be? We lose joy because we're unsettled by problems. We lose joy because we're uncomfortable with people. I don't know, though. This may be the biggest one. We lose joy because we're uncertain about our path. I can't tell you how many people will come to me and say, "Master, I don't know what to do. Whether it's in my job or my marriage or my education or with my friends or with my family, I don't know what to do. And so I've learned that confusion is a joy thief because confusion creates anxiety. And anxiety literally means to be pulled in one direction and to be pulled in another direction. And you feel like you're being pulled apart. And it's hard. That's why the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And, and then the peace of God that, that just confounds human understanding begins to guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And you know what Philippians 4 says right before those verses? <laughs> Rejoice in the Lord Always. And again, I say, rejoice. You, you see, when we let that confusion about the future rob us of joy, we've, we've missed out on what God intends us to do. So when questions about the future begin to rob us of joy, we must rest in the presence of God. Aren't you thankful that you can be in the presence of God? That's the gift of Jesus we celebrate at Christmas that's the gift of jesus we celebrate easter that's the gift of jesus as christ followers we celebrate 365 days of the year you don't have to come to a pastor or a priest or you don't have to go to a specific geographical location you can be in the presence of god and that gives you confidence why because according to hebrews 13:8 jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever See, he's not changing. He's faithful. When we're unfaithful, he hadn't changed. When we're confused, he's not confused. That's why we sing on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. I know what you're thinking. Oh, but Pastor, if only, if only he would give me a map if I just had a map? You think you want a map? You don't want a map. You know why? It's like that theologian said in that movie. You can't handle the truth. (laughs) Can you imagine if we knew what was coming? Can you imagine if if, if you knew. You can't do anything about this. But in 12 months your spouse is leaving. Hey, don't try to change this, but in in, in six days, you're going to get a terminal diagnosis. I know this is going to catch you off guard, but in, in eight weeks, you're going to lose your job. I mean, can you just imagine if, if we dealt that way? We can't handle that. I, I love what Rick Warren says. He, he says, he doesn't give us a map, but he does give us a compass and a guiding light. You know what the compass is? We got it right here. That's why as a child I learned I have hidden God's word in my heart that I might not sin against him. And then I learned his word is a a light unto my feet and a lamp for my path. He'll guide you. You've just got to trust him. You've just got to lean into who he is and rest in his presence. I I haven't always done that. I'm going to tell you one story. I could tell you 50 I was graduating from seminary. Kimberly and I were praying about what was next. And I had this interview with this guy named Jay in Montgomery, Alabama. And I thought, this is it. It was a church that would allow me to to preach regularly and just grow as a communicator, to lead a ministry and grow as an administrator, to to serve and develop those pastoral skills and not worry about being fired (laughs) and then be kind of, booted out kind of like a residency in medicine then be booted out in, into a pastorate I just knew oh thank you Lord you provided an opportunity everything was going great until the phone rang one day and it was my new friend Jay on the phone he said hey, Paul I said yeah Jay how are you doing good good Paul hey I just want to let you know I was getting so excited he said I just want to let you know we're going a different direction oh my heart sank Man, I I didn't handle that well at all. Even as I thought back about that for this message. Man, I'm embarrassed (laughs) for the way I acted around my new young wife. The way I acted around God. I was angry at God. I didn't understand. I cried like a 7th grade little girl. And then I just waited in the wilderness. About two weeks later, my phone rang again. It was Jay from Montgomery. You know what he said? He said, hey, Paul. I said, hey, hey, Jay. (laughs) Real joyful. He said, hey, uh, have have you taken another position? I I said, no, sir. No, I haven't. He said, hey, I I just wanted you to know, I I think God's just pointing us back to you. I'd like you to come and be a part of what we're doing here. Man, I hung up that call, and I just reminded, man, how often do we go through life and get so frustrated, get so upset, and and lose our joy, where if we would have just leaned into Jesus, he would have taken care of us. God's not going to give you a map. It'd scare you to death. He's not always going to answer the why question. But he'll give you what you need your daily bread, the daily grace, you can trust him. We lose joy because we're unsettled by our problems. We lose joy because we're uncomfortable with people. We lose joy because we're uncertain about our path. And here's the final thing. We lose joy because we're uneasy with our past. Yeah, if you've lived long enough, this this is you too. Let me see your hands now if, if you've made some choices you wish you could go back and undo.
1: <laughs>
2: that's an It's kind of an easier one. Man, we've blown it. And you think, God will never forgive me. You're, you're kind of like a guy, I'll call him Muhammad, but he's a guy from an Islamic background and Pastor Zach was telling me he'd been regularly just sharing the grace of Jesus. But repeatedly, this this guy, we'll call him Muhammad. he, He would say, hey, if there is a holy God, there's no way he could show me grace. That would not be right with all that I've done in my life. And time after time, Pastor Zach would say, no, that's exactly who Jesus is. That's exactly what God does. And that's exactly the grace that he wants you to experience. And one day, it's like... The light switch came on, and his eyes were open, and his heart was open, and he received Christ and he received God's grace because he understood that God does that which doesn't make sense. God shows grace to sinners like me and you. So, even when it comes to our past, we can say we're not going to be afraid, we're going to choose joy. Like the old gospel preachers used to say, when the devil reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Tell him to go to hell. Let me make that statement in a little more of a redeemed way. (laughs) When memories of our past begin to rob us of joy, we must rely on the finished work of Jesus. That's the good news. Remember, that, that's what we learn in Luke 2, 10, and 11. Look down at verse 11. It says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He's the Savior, the one who deals with your sin. He's the Messiah, the one chosen by God. He's the Lord, the boss. And this one who was born, whose birth we celebrate at Christmas, 33 years later, would die on a cross. In John 19 and verse 30, it says, Jesus on that cross said, it is finished. You probably heard that, but in the language that he spoke, Jesus used a word, to die It's an accounting word for those of you who are more in that realm of life. It literally means paid in full. And so Jesus was saying, just to be clear, I'm doing everything that needs to be done. All you got to do is trust me. Isn't that good news? Now are you getting it? While the problems of life or people in our life are... What are we going to do? What path are we going to take in life? Are our, our, our past in our life, while those things may rob us of joy, when like the shepherds, we keep walking toward Jesus, we can
1: choose joy. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement.